Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Coffee Break Spanish Travel Diaries, Season 1, Episode 1. Hola a todos y bienvenidos. Este es un nuevo proyecto de Coffee Break Spanish. Yo soy Mark y estoy muy contento de estar aquí con Anabel. Hola, Anabel. Hola, Mark. ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Pues estoy muy bien y súper contento de estar aquí contigo y con todos nuestros oyentes. This is indeed a new project from Coffee Break Languages for Spanish, although for the past 10 weeks we have been producing the Coffee Break French and Italian Travel Diaries. Of course, it is a time when it's a little more difficult to get out and about and to get traveling. So we thought, well, why not do some virtual traveling? And that's exactly what we're going to be doing over the next 10 weeks here in Coffee Break Spanish, because we're taking a journey through different parts of Spain and you can join our characters. And that is Victoria and Abel as they actually go on their honeymoon through the north of Spain. Anabel. Cuéntanos un poco quién eres, porque pues todos los oyentes quizás no te conozcan. Bueno, hola, hola a todos. Eh, yo soy Anabel, he estado antes, he formado antes parte de eh, la magazine, la última. También eh, he estado en los Facebook Lives y ahora estamos aquí para este nuevo proyecto, como ha dicho Mark, y estoy muy, muy emocionada. Perfecto. Okay, so this is aimed at intermediate learners of Spanish. So we're we're hoping that if you are working on a perhaps a, an A2, a B1, even a B2 level, then you're going to be getting a lot out of this. It's aimed at people who are looking to improve their vocabulary, build their range of expression, and also, crucially, find out a little more about, in this series, episodes all about Spain. So we're going to be traveling through the north of Spain. I've been to some of these places. I've not been to all of these places. So this is definitely giving me the, the feeling that I want to go and do some traveling soon. Anabel, ¿tú conoces esta región de España? Es eh, igual que tú. He estado en algunas partes, pero no, no en todo. Así que igual, tengo muchísimas ganas de saber qué ven, qué prueban y, por supuesto, de tener la oportunidad de ir allí. Okay. Now, in each episode, we are going to listen to Victoria as she writes the, the the account, the diary of what she's been getting up to with Abel over the course of their trip. But not only will we be listening to this in in in, in slowly pronounced Spanish, we'll also be discussing what she says. So we'll be going through the grammar, we'll be going through the, the vocabulary and, and the constructions that are used. So we'll be helping you get to grips with all of the language and we hope that you enjoy this. 
Pues Anabel, yo creo que ya hemos hablado bastante, entonces vamos a empezar con la primera entrada del uh, diario de Abel y Victoria. Allá vamos. Por fin ha llegado el día. Abel y yo, Victoria, vamos a hacer una ruta por el norte de España, como viaje de luna de miel. Cuando me lo propuso, me sorprendí bastante, porque Abel es muy casero. Pero él también sabía que era una parte del país que me apetecía conocer. Los dos somos de Aragón por lo que ver todo el norte parecía un planazo. Empezamos en San Sebastián. No teníamos pensado pasar la noche allí, por lo que iba a ser un día bastante ajetreado. Lo primero que hicimos fue subir al monte Urgul. Fue un paseo precioso, porque vimos las caballerizas y la fortaleza medieval. Lo que más me gustó fue ver la isla de Santa Clara desde arriba. Parece una tortuga. Por supuesto, fuimos a comer pinchos en varios bares por la Plaza de la Constitución, en el casco antiguo de la ciudad. Nos pusimos morados. De hecho, habíamos planeado subir al Monte Egeldo, pero como habíamos comido tanto... Al final pasamos la tarde en la playa de la Concha y vimos el Palacio de Miramar. Estuvimos tanto tiempo allí que salimos a Guernica, un pueblo que está entre San Sebastián y Bilbao, con dos horas de retraso. Menuda forma de empezar el viaje. So there we have it, our very first diary entry from Victoria. Victoria is writing the diary and she's writing on behalf of both uh, herself and her husband, Abel. So we've got Abel and Victoria, a couple on their luna de miel, their honeymoon. Anabel, ¿conoces San Sebastián? Sí, sí, lo conozco. Una ciudad preciosa. Sí, muy preciosa. Yo he estado una vez en San, San Sebastián, pero pues no sé... Hace como 25 años o algo así, entonces no, no recuerdo mucho. <laughs> okay, let's go back and go through the episode, and we're going to go through each uh, line of the, the text and talk about the, the, the language used and give you opportunities to, to think about how you could use this language too. So let's begin. Anabel, can you read the first sentence, please? Por fin ha llegado el día. Okay, por fin ha llegado el día. So we've got por fin, which means finally. Uh, finally, ha llegado el día. The, the word order is interesting here because we've got ha llegado. We've got a perfect tense. Ha llegado has arrived. But in English, we'd be more likely to say finally the day has arrived. In Spanish, por fin ha llegado el día. Could we say por fin el día ha llegado? Sí, podemos decirlo. But it would be more natural to say ha llegado el día. 
ha llegado el día. Okay? And I think also adds more emphasis to it. Por fin ha llegado el día. El gran día. The big day has finally arrived. Okay, let's continue on. Abel y yo, Victoria, vamos a hacer una ruta por el norte de España como viaje de luna de miel. Okay, this is fairly straightforward here. Abel y yo, so Victoria's new husband is called Abel. Abel y yo, Victoria, vamos a hacer una ruta por el norte de España. We're going to literally to do a route por el norte de España through the north of Spain como viaje de luna de miel, as a journey of honeymoon. So they're going on honeymoon through the north of Spain. And this use of por here is interesting because por is one of these words that can mean many things. We kind of think of por as meaning for, but of course it can mean lots of things in here. I think the best translation would be through. So una ruta por el norte de España. ¿Nos puedes dar otro ejemplo de por en este sentido, por favor? Por ejemplo, cuando damos un paseo es dar un paseo por el parque, porque es como alrededor, es una zona que no es exacta. Okay, so it's not an exact area. Mm -hmm. We're doing a, a route through the park or por el parque o por la playa o por la ciudad también se podría decir, ¿no? Eso es. Ok, perfecto. Ok, let's continue on. Cuando me lo propuso, me sorprendí bastante, porque Abel es muy casero. Okay, this is interesting. Let's go straight to the end and look at this word casero. You might see if you're in particular areas in, in Spain, most areas in Spain, or indeed in other parts of, of, of the, the Spanish-speaking world, comida casera. ¿Qué sería comida casera? Comida hecha en casa. So this is homemade food, and it gives you the idea of, of real food, you know, sort of, especially if we're in the north of Spain, real solid stews and things like that. But when you describe a person as casero or casera, what does that mean, Anabel? Quiere decir que es una persona a la que le gusta estar en casa. Perfecto. So it's a person who likes being at home. They're a homebody, perhaps we could say. So... At the end, uh, Victoria has said, porque Abel es muy casero, because he is quite a homebody. So, what, what's she saying here? Cuando me lo propuso, me sorprendí bastante. So, there are two interesting things going on here. We've got cuando me lo propuso. Propuso, ¿de qué verbo viene propuso? Del verbo proponer, que tenemos ahí, poner al final. Sí, entonces, poner, literally, to put, and Proponer is the verb that we use to propose or to suggest something. Proponer. So, cuando me lo propuso. Propuso is the preterite and it's an irregular preterite of uh, proponer. Let's, let's go through the whole uh, conjugation of uh, poner. We'll use poner because other verbs work in the same way. So, I put would be... Yo puse. You put. Tú pusiste. He, she, or it put. El puso. Uh, we all put. Nosotros pusimos. You all put. Vosotros pusisteis. And they put. Ellos pusieron. So that's the poner verb in the preterite. Here we've got proponer. So we just put a pro in front of it and all of those other parts work the same. So él me lo propuso. He 
to me, it proposed, when he suggested it to me. Me sorprendí bastante. I got quite surprised. I got a big surprise. And that is from sorprender, but it's sorprenderse, because it's a reflexive, you say, to surprise yourself in that sense. Eso es. So let's come back just briefly to proponer, because there are other verbs that work in the same way, Anabel. Mm -hmm. Tenemos, por ejemplo, suponer. Suponer, to suppose. So that works exactly the same. We've got uh, supuse, supusiste, supuso, and so on in, in the conjugation of, of uh, suponer. Anything else? Por ejemplo, oponer también. To oppose. So just the same way as in English, we have similar words. Uh, they all have the similar roots in, in, in Latin in this case. And with the, the Spanish words, they have the same roots. So suponer, oponer, proponer, and of course the, the basic one, por, uh, poner. Así es. Okay, there's so much in this. We're getting into the language here in, in, in a great way. And it's great to see all these different verbs and these different constructions here and look at the ways in which they work. So when he suggested it to me, I got quite a surprise because Abel is quite a homebody. Let's continue. Pero él también sabía que era una parte del país que me apetecía conocer. Okay, so he also knew. Él también sabía. So there we've got an imperfect tense. Sabía que era una parte del país, that it was a part of the country que me apetecía conocer, that I wanted to get to know, that I fancied getting to know. So apetecer is a, an interesting verb because we can use it followed by an infinitive and it's really useful because it means that to fancy doing something or to have a desire to do something. So me apetece conocer esta parte del país. I really fancy getting to know this part of the country. But we can use me apetece or te apetece in many situations. How, how would we say, for example, um, do you fancy going to the cinema? Te apetece ir al cine. Okay, so te apetece plus the infinitive. Te apetece ir al cine. It's a really nice way of asking someone if they'd like to do something. ¿Te apetece tomar una cerveza? Do you fancy going for a beer? Something like that. A mí me apetece más ahora un té, pero gracias, Mark. <laughs> vale, perfecto. Ok, vamos a seguir. Los dos somos de Aragón, por lo que ver todo el norte parecía un planazo. Ok, this is interesting because we can see how we can use the we form, the nosotros form of the verb, and then put los dos in front of it to say we're both from uh, Aragón in this case. Los dos somos de Aragón. Uh, let's see if our listeners can work this out. How would we say we are both uh, learning Spanish? Annabel, how would we say that? Los dos estudiamos español. Perfecto. What about um, we are both exhausted? Again, we'll give our listeners a little time to think about this. Okay, Annabel. Los dos estamos cansados. Ok, los dos estamos cansados. So simply los dos, or los tres, or los, los cuatro, or whatever, then we use the plural form, the nosotros form of the verb. Just one other thing there. If we were talking, for example, to females, las dos estamos cansadas. Eso es. Ok, so we change the, the los or las to refer to whoever we're talking about. So, los dos somos de Aragón. ¿Dónde está Aragón? 
Aragón está entre eh, la parte norte que van a ver y Cataluña. Okay, so the part of the north of Spain where uh, our friends are going to visit, um, then there's the, the Aragón in the middle and then there's Cataluña uh, over to the east. So it's that section of, of the north of Spain, including uh, areas like Huesca, Zaragoza, Teruel, um, all these areas that go right up to the Pyrenees and also to Andorra, the, the, the principality of Andorra. Um, okay, so given that we're both from Aragón, por lo que ver el norte pareció un planazo. For that reason, ver todo el norte, seeing the whole of the north, parecía un planazo. It seemed to be un planazo. Anabel, ¿puedes explicar lo que es un planazo? Un planazo es un plan grande pero emocionante. It's very, very exciting. Okay, so this atho ending, you see that sometimes and it means something that is it's, it's bigger and it's impressive, it's exciting, it's, it's something positive generally. Un planazo uh, seems like a great plan, but it's quite colloquial, isn't it? Yes, it is. Colloquial and uh, oral, but super colloquial. Okay, muy bien. So let's find out where they're going to start their, their trip. Empezamos en San Sebastián. Okay, so we're starting in San Sebastián. Let's continue. No teníamos pensado pasar la noche allí, por lo que iba a ser un día bastante ajetreado. Right, some nice vocabulary in here and also an interesting construction because we've got no teníamos pensado. So let's analyze this. We've got the imperfect tense of tener and then the past participle. Now, that's not a normal tense. We don't form a tense with tener in the past participle, but it is an expression. So, Anabel, can you help us work out what this means? Mm -hmm. um, the structure tener plus past participle is a periphrasis. It's kind of similar than uh, tener que plus infinitive, but the meaning is different. That means that it's something that you have thought about, like it, it, it was done. It was uh, all the process of thinking in this case was done. Okay, so no teníamos pensado pasar la noche allí. We hadn't planned to spend the night there, por lo que iba a ser un día bastante ajetreado. So for that reason, this por lo que, for that reason, iba a ser un día bastante ajetreado. For that reason, it was going to be um, quite a, a busy day. Ajetreado es una buena palabra. <laughs> sí, eh, ajetreado. Es, eh, un, es ocupado, pero quiere decir que estás más ocupado que, que usando ocupado. Ok, ok. Entonces, una, una semana ajetreada would be a really busy week, one of those weeks where you've got things happening all the time and you've got too many things to fit in. So, it's, in this case, it's un día bastante ajetreado. It's going to be really quite a, a full-on day um, because... They've got to get all done in one day before they move on at the end of the day to, to stay somewhere else, to, to spend the night somewhere else. Okay, so let's find out what they did in their día ajetreado en San Sebastián. Lo primero que hicimos fue subir al monte Urgul. Fue un paseo precioso porque vimos las caballerizas y la fortaleza medieval. Muy bien, okay. Lo primero que hicimos, the first thing that we did... Fue subir al Monte Orgullo. It was to go up 
to the Monte Urgoni. So this is a hill uh, in, in San Sebastián. And it was a Paseo Precioso, uh, a lovely uh, walk, un paseo, a, a walk, porque vimos las caballerizas, caballerizas are stables, mm -hmm. y la fortaleza medieval, and the medieval fort, or the, the fortress, rather. Let's continue. Lo que más me gustó fue ver la isla de Santa Clara desde arriba. Parece una tortuga. Okay. Lo que más me gustó. This is a really useful, a useful phrase. If you're talking about something that you enjoy doing or you're recounting a, a, an event or, or perhaps something that you did the previous day, the thing I like best, that which most pleased me, lo que más me gustó. And note that accent on gustó. We've got the preterite tense here. And uh, therefore, we're talking about the thing that pleased me the most. Lo que más me gustó. What was it? Fue ver la isla de Santa Clara desde arriba. To see the island of Santa Clara from above, desde arriba. And what does it look like? Como una tortuga. Una tortuga. It looks like a tortoise uh, from, from above. Okay, we're going to take a short break there and we will be back in just a moment to find out more about Victoria and Abel's day in San Sebastián. We wanted to let you know that there's a premium version of the Travel Diaries course and this includes a set of lesson notes where you'll be able to read the text from each of the diaries and uh, work through the vocabulary and any explanations that we've provided. There's also a video version of the text where we've left space for you to repeat the words and phrases used, giving you an opportunity to practice your speaking and your pronunciation. For more information about this, head to coffeebreakacademy.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. We are following the adventures of Victoria and Abel as they travel through the north of Spain, an area that I would love to get to know more. And you can get to know more of this area along with us. We were talking in the break uh, and, and we were talking about the, the expression pasar la noche. They, they're talking about spending the night. They, they didn't end up spending the night in San Sebastián. But there's another way of saying this, Anabel, isn't there? Mm -hmm. También está hacer noche. Hacer noche en un lugar. Hay que ver la diferencia. So, very, like, watch, watch out this very carefully. Pasar la noche. Hacer noche. Okay, so two different expressions there. Either pasar la noche, which is to spend the night, or hacer noche. So, without the la in that case. And it means the same, to spend the night, but it's really only used for journeys uh, when you're on, on a trip. Uh, hacer noche. 
um, hacemos noche en Salamanca. We're spending the night in Salamanca before moving on to Valladolid or whatever it happens to be. Eso es. Let's continue on with our text. Annabel, would you like to read the next sentence, please? Mm -hmm. Por supuesto, fuimos a comer pinchos en varios bares por la Plaza de la Constitución en el casco antiguo de la ciudad. Okay, por supuesto, of course, there's something that you have to do in San Sebastián, and that is comer pinchos. ¿Qué son pinchos? Los pinchos son como tapas, pero es la, la palabra, además la forma de escribir es distinta, en, uh, en euskera, en vasco, pero son como tapas. Mm -hmm. yeah, so these are tapas Basque style, the Basque country in the north of Spain, and in the Basque country is a, a, there's, a, there's a different culture, there's a different language, a very interesting language, uh, the Basque language, or as it's called in Basque itself, euskera, And uh, it's not related to Spanish in any way. In fact, it's said that euskera is not related to any other uh, Indo-European language in, in the, the, the local area of, of this part of Europe at all. So one of the things that you'll see very often in this part of the, the country are signs written in both Basque and in Spanish. And you'll see lots of X's because there are lots of X's in, in Basque, including in this word pincho. So the Spanish spelling of pincho would be P-I-N-C-H-O. But if you're using the, the written version of this, if you've got the, the, the premium version of this, you'll be seeing that it's written P-I-N-T-X-O, uh, los pinchos. Uh, so with an S at the end, obviously, um, this is the Basque spelling of pincho. So they, they went to have some pinchos in the various bars in the Plaza de la Constitución in the casco antiguo de la ciudad. So what's the casco antiguo? La parte antigua de la ciudad. Yeah, so the casco, literally what does casco mean? Casco es lo que nos ponemos en la cabeza para protegernos. Exacto. So it's the thing that we put in our heads to protect ourselves. It's a helmet. But when you're talking about the old part of a city, it's very common to refer to it as the casco antiguo. It's the helmet of the city. If you imagine the part that is closest to the, the core of the city, which needs to be protected, el casco antiguo, um, the oldest part of the city. And then uh, Victoria uses a lovely expression here. What's this expression? Nos pusimos morados. So we've had Uh, proponer, uh, proponer in the early part of this episode, and now we're just seeing it poner in the preterite tense again. Nos pusimos morados. Now, if we're translating this literally, it means we made ourselves purple. <laughs> Pero qué quiere decir, Anabel? Quiere decir que comieron muchísimo. Mm -hmm. Comieron muchísimo. They had loads to eat. Um, hay otras versiones de esto, ¿no? Hay otra que bueno, es más sencilla de, de utilizar, que es nos pusimos las botas. En ponerse morado hay que... Uh, like, the whole structure has to agree with the subject. But in mm -hmm. ponerse las botas, only the, the verb and the, the reflexive pronoun has to agree. Ponerse oh. las botas. Ok, so we've got ponerse morado. In this case, we made ourselves purple, so nos pusimos morados. Um, we've got the nos pusimos, that's your reflexive verb in the preterite, and then morados, the, the plural version of morados, or morado. Um, but the other version that Annabel was suggesting, ponerse las botas, we just say nos pusimos las botas. We don't need to worry about agreeing a, a, an adjective there. 
Um, ok, Anabel, ¿do we see both uh, ponerse las botas and pon ponerse morado en uh, Latinoamérica? Mm. I'm afraid they are not going to use it that much, but they have different expressions and uh, other words to use for this. That would be atracarse or darse un atracón. Okay, so un atraco is a, is a robbery. Um, we have the verb atracar, to, to rob a bank, for example. But atracarse means to rob yourself, literally. But it's the verb that you use when you, you pig out on things or you binge uh, on, on, on food in some way. So darse un atracón, another way of saying this. Lots of, of idiomatic expressions, and very often with idiomatic expressions, the usage varies from, from country to country, and, and it's difficult to say there's this version in this country and this version in another country. But but you, you'll definitely be understood, and if you're not understood, then it will definitely be a, a good starting point for a conversation as <laughs> to explain why why you put, you put yourself purple. <laughs> okay, let's continue on. De hecho, habíamos planeado subir al Monte Ugeldo. Pero como habíamos comido tanto, al final pasamos la tarde en la playa de la Concha y vimos el Palacio de Miramar. I think after going up to Monte Orgullo in the morning and then uh, Monte Igueldo in the afternoon, I think they probably made the correct decision. <laughs> so, in fact, we had planned to go up to the Mount Igueldo. Pero como habíamos comido tanto, but since we had eaten so much, al final, in the end, pasamos la tarde en la playa de la Concha. We uh, spent the, the afternoon in the, the beach of the Concha, the shell, literally, y vimos el Palacio de Miramar, and we saw the Miramar Palace. Let's just look at two things here, because we've got al final, in the end, that's kind of like after some decision-making, after some discussion, And it's different from por fin, which means finally. And that's how the episode started. Por fin ha llegado el día. Finally, the day has arrived. But al final is different. It's at, in the end. Uh, it's that kind of idea of in the end, you know, after some discussion, we decided to do such and such. Yes, right. Okay, let's continue. Estuvimos tanto tiempo allí que salimos a Guernica, un pueblo que está entre San Sebastián y Bilbao con dos horas de retraso. Okay, so estuvimos tanto tiempo allí. We were there for so long, and we'll come back to that in a moment, que salimos a Guernica, that we left for Guernica, un pueblo que está entre San Sebastián y Bilbao. It's a village which is between San Sebastián and Bilbao, con dos horas de retraso. Literally, with two hours of delay. So two hours late. Let's go back to estuvimos tanto tiempo allí because there's an interesting thing that's going on here. If in English we said we were there for so long and we wanted to translate that into Spanish, we'd start to think about that word for and you'd start to think, well, is it por or para or is it durante or is it something else? But note what happens in the Spanish. Estuvimos tanto tiempo allí. There's no word for for. We were there so long. And it's a really good way of missing out the for altogether. We don't need to worry about the for. Just use estar and the time that you were there. Anabel, can you give us some more examples of this? Sí, claro. Mm. Estuvimos tres horas en el bar. Wow. Um, I hope you enjoyed all those, those pinchos. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in the bar for three hours, but you don't need a por. 
en uh, Spanish, certainly in, in Spain Spanish. Uh, estuvimos tres horas en el bar. Another example. Abel y Victoria estuvieron en San Sebastián cinco horas. Okay, so they were in San Sebastián for five hours. Again, we don't need the por. However, Annabel, in, in Latin America, we may well see a por in there. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Así es. Por can be used, and it's usually used, for a uh, four plus time. So, for example, mm -hmm. in I've been studying Spanish for two years, it is said, um, he estudiado, he estado estudiando español por dos años. Okay, in Spain, Spanish should be more likely to hear durante. Mm -hmm. Or nothing. Or nothing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they were so long at the beach, estuvimos tanto tiempo allí, that they left for Guernica um, two hours late, con dos horas de retraso. And then uh, Victoria finishes the episode with a lovely expression. <laughs> menuda forma de empezar el viaje. So, menuda forma. What a way to start the journey, de empezar el viaje. And it's a little bit ironic here. Menuda forma. <laughs> What a way to start the journey. It's to start the journey with already two hours of a delay um, because you spent all, all, all afternoon at the beach. But menuda uh, or menudo, can you give us more examples of that? Mm -hmm. Por ejemplo, menudo plan. Ah, what a great plan. Um, or indeed, menudo planazo, ¿no? Eso es, menudo planazo. What a fantastic plan. Okay, what a great, exciting plan. And there you're seeing menudo, menudo plan or menudo planazo. We had menuda forma. So menudo, menuda has to agree with what it is describing. We can have plurals as well. Como menudos ojos. Ah, what amazing eyes. Menudos ojos tiene Lucía. What, what beautiful eyes Lucía has or something like that. Eso. Muy bien. Lo que vamos a hacer ahora es reescuchar el texto. Entonces, vamos a escuchar. Por fin ha llegado el día. Abel y yo, Victoria, vamos a hacer una ruta por el norte de España como viaje de luna de miel. Cuando me lo propuso, me sorprendí bastante, porque Abel es muy casero. Pero él también sabía que era una parte del país que me apetecía conocer. Los dos somos de Aragón, por lo que ver todo el norte parecía un planazo. Empezamos en San Sebastián. No teníamos pensado pasar la noche allí por lo que iba a ser un día bastante ajetreado. Lo primero que hicimos fue subir al monte Urgul. Fue un paseo precioso, porque vimos las caballerizas y la fortaleza medieval. Lo que más me gustó fue ver la isla de Santa Clara desde arriba. Parece una tortuga. Por supuesto, Fuimos a comer pinchos en varios bares por la Plaza de la Constitución, en el casco antiguo de la ciudad. Nos pusimos morados. De hecho, habíamos planeado subir al Monte Higueldo, 
Pero como habíamos comido tanto, al final pasamos la tarde en la playa de la Concha y vimos el Palacio de Miramar. Estuvimos tanto tiempo allí que salimos a Guernica, un pueblo que está entre San Sebastián y Bilbao, con dos horas de retraso. Menuda forma de empezar el viaje. Pues menuda forma de empezar la serie, ¿no? Sí, muy emocionante. Muchas aventuras. Muchas aventuras, many adventures, and we're going to be continuing to follow the adventures of Victoria and Abel as they travel through the north of Spain over the next 10 weeks. Now, do check out our Instagram where you'll be able to see some beautiful images of uh, the, the trip that they're, they're taking, the places that they visit. Um, you can find our Coffee Break Languages Instagram uh, by simply searching for Coffee Break Languages on Instagram. And as we said earlier, there is also a premium version of this uh, series, so you'll be able to access a video version which will show you the text and you'll be able to uh, pause the text and, and listen to the pronunciation and practice your pronunciation. It's something that we've been doing uh, during our Facebook Lives and the, the, the viewers of the Facebook Lives certainly seem to be, have been enjoying this opportunity to practice pronunciation. So that's something that we are doing uh, available in the Coffee Break Academy. Simply head over to coffeebreakacademy.com We will be back next week with a second episode with the next installment of the, the diaries. Um, pues uh, muchas gracias, Anabel. Gracias a ti, Mark, y con muchas ganas de que llegue la semana que viene y ver el siguiente episodio. Y que conozcamos todos Guernica. Eso es. Hasta luego. Adiós. You have been listening to a production of the Coffee Break Academy for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2020, Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2020, Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.